I'm Olivia Fujikawa. I'm Eleanor Mackinon. I'm Donna Fall. And I'm Catherine Benedict. This episode is made possible by Girls Talk Math, a two-week camp where girls come together to explore new math concepts and learn about women mathematicians. When you think of a scientist or mathematician, who do you think of? Significant men probably come to mind first, like Pythagoras, Isaac Newton, or Albert Einstein. But have you heard of Emmy Noether? She created Noether's theorem, which lets physicists predict quantities using symmetries of the laws of nature. What about Sofia Kovalevskaya? In the 19th century, she wrote treatises on partial differential equations, Abelian integrals, and Saturn's rings. Or have you heard of Suchitra Sebastian? Suchitra Sebastian sometimes refers to herself as a quantum alchemist. Technically, she's a physicist, pioneering in the field of quantum mechanics. Oh, so she's just a physicist? You mean she, like, sits at a computer looking at equations all day? Boring! Quite the opposite, actually. Dr. Sebastian isn't the stereotypical physicist. She isn't content with just reinforcing old ideas. She wants to explore and find new aspects of the quantum world. It's pretty amazing. An innovative woman making real changes in a male-dominated field. Go her! I think she is sending a great message to young women all over the world. Don't let gender be a hindering block to reaching one's potential. Rather, use it as a catalyst. Suchitra Sebastian was born in 1976. She moved around a lot as she grew up, living in India, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Sebastian always loved to explore in science, even as a kid. She told the Hindu in India magazine that when she was young, she enjoyed hands-on science projects like bubbleology, rocket building, circuit making, and snake handling, where she got to experiment and explore. Oh yeah! I remember trying all the classic science experiments for kids, like building a volcano with baking soda and vinegar, to Pepsi and Mento rockets, to dissecting frogs, to extracting DNA from strawberries. That was my favorite part of science class. Wow, we really went on a nostalgic tangent right there. Let's get back to the actual function of this podcast. Oh, I can't ever vex with you right now. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Sebastian's love for science persisted into adulthood, and she got her bachelor's degree in physics at the Women's Christian College in Chennai, India. Instead of going straight into physics, Sebastian then got a Master of Business Administration at the Indian Institute of Management and worked as a management consultant for three years. However, her true love was always in science. Sebastian claimed that at the end of the day, she missed the thrill of discovery and went on to get a Master's of Science and a Doctorate in Applied Physics from Stanford in 2006. She then moved to the University of Cambridge as a junior research fellow. In 2010, she became a Royal Society University Research Fellow at Cavendish Laboratory and went on to become a university lecturer in physics at Cambridge in 2013. Now, Dr. Sebastian experiments to find new materials with different properties. She works specifically in quantum physics, which is the physics of subatomic particles. Quantum mechanics is used in the development of computers, lasers, telecommunication networks, atomic clocks, GPS, and even cryptography. Much of quantum physics seems completely counterintuitive. For example, there's a theory that everything is both a particle and a wave, simultaneously. In the famous double-slit experiment, light is demonstrated to have behaviors of both. There's also an element of uncertainty in quantum physics, unlike classical physics. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle says that it is impossible to measure an electron's position and momentum accurately at the same time. You can only know one or the other. Even though these theories seem unbelievable, Quantum physics is one of the best researched and most proven fields of science. Dr. Sebastian's realm in quantum mechanics has to do with materials research. 
One of her projects involves creating superconductors, which are materials that conduct electricity with no energy loss. Most superconductors are copper oxide, and they require extremely low temperatures to operate. Dr. Sebastian is working to find different superconductors that can function in more accessible environments, even room temperature. If she succeeds, she will have found an efficient way to transport energy over long distances, from open fields and the electric plants to the cities and towns where it's needed the most. To do this, she puts certain materials through extreme conditions, or tries to layer two-dimensional materials which consist of a single layer of atoms. Some, called topological insulators, don't conduct electricity through three-dimensional surfaces, but do conduct electricity along two-dimensional surfaces. She says of her work, most often superconductors are found accidentally through a sort of serendipity. I'm actively looking for new families of superconductors and a roadmap of guiding principles that shows what they have in common. At the same time, Dr. Sebastian is expanding on the fundamental building blocks of complex material, which are electrons. She believes that there might be an even smaller subpart that make up electrons. To study this, she experiments with different materials under extreme conditions, like low temperatures, high magnetic fields, or high pressure. As the materials transfer from one state of matter to the other, she studies the in-between states. Some of her findings showed evidence of a completely new quantum behavior. About two years ago, her lab stumbled upon a material that was both a metal and an insulator. Metals have the property that electrons can move freely through them. In other words, it's a conductor. Insulators, on the other hand, keep electrons in place. Metals and insulators are basically opposites, but Samarian hexaboride is both. Or, as Dr. Sebastian conjectured, something more complicated that we don't know how to imagine. The electrons in samarium hexaboride are so tightly clustered together around the samarium nucleus that it restricts further electron movement. And when Dr. Sebastian and one of her students tried to measure quantum oscillations in its electrical resistance, which shows the movement of electrons in the material, they got nothing. But when they measured the quantum oscillations in its magnetic resistance, they found evidence of electrons circulating throughout the material. Measured magnetic and electrical resistance should give the same results. In fact, the quantum oscillations they found demonstrated that electrons could travel one million times faster in samarium hexaboride than seems to be possible from the electrical measurements. So, it acts as an insulator in electrical resistance and a conductor in magnetic resistance. That's not the only odd thing about samarium hexaboride. The form of the quantum oscillations that they were studying didn't conform to the equation that every other metal ever studied conformed to. Sumerian hexaboride is a compound, which is a substance formed when multiple elements are chemically bonded together. Specifically, it's a compound of different types of Sumerian ions. Sumerium is a normal element on the periodic table. It's a hard, silvery, slightly toxic metal that oxidizes upon contact to air. Sumerium hexaboride technically belongs in a class of materials called condo semiconductors, and at above negative 370 degrees Fahrenheit, it has all the properties of one. Below that temperature, though, it behaves as a non-magnetic insulator. John Sannon is a condensed matter theorist in the Netherlands. He calls the material a magnificent paradox and says that there is no remotely credible hypothesis proposed at this moment in time. There have been hypotheses, though. One is that the material is a higher dimensional black hole. Another hypothesis is that its electrons could be rapidly changing between insulating and conducting states in some new quantum fashion. Dr. Sebastian's astonishing and important work has not gone unnoticed. 
She was named as one of the 30 exceptional young scientists by the World Economic Forum in 2013 and one of the top 10 next big names in physics by the Financial Times. She received the L'Oreal Fellowship for Women in Science in 2013, among other awards including the Lee Osheroff Richardson Prize, Young Scientist Medal in Magnetism, Mosley Medal, Philip Lieberhume Prize, and Brian Pippard Prize. Dr. Sebastian is doing incredibly impressive work in her field, but she says that if she spends too much time in analytical physics, she's gasping for oxygen. Here's a quote from her interview with Quantum Magazine. As much as I love physics and I'm passionate about it, I think the field itself is quite insular and it does tend to not be very diverse. I didn't identify with the kind of people I saw doing physics. They didn't seem to be very fun or interesting. It seemed like they were really locked into these little worlds and they knew a lot about what they did, but I felt like they were totally out of touch with the rest of the world. I really need to be engaged with everything around me in different ways. And she does exactly that. In her free time, Dr. Sebastian performs in experimental theater pieces with various university groups, most recently with the Cambridge Rickshaw Theater Project to do theater workshops with the street children in Delhi, Lucknow, and Kathmandu. She also says that she loves to travel, especially backpacking to unusual destinations off the beaten path from Asia to South America to Europe. She tends to wander in search of adventure. Dr. Sebastian also volunteers and supports anti-war organizations. It's important to have passion and resolve when working in a field like Dr. Sebastian's. She says, being in the extremely competitive area of cutting-edge physics research is a constant challenge. You are always being questioned, challenged, pushed to be the first to make new discoveries, and under pressure to defend your findings. It isn't a vocation for the faint-hearted. Dr. Sebastian feels strongly about the inclusion of women in science. She says, Cultural attitudes need to change, and all of us need to reevaluate our subconscious assumptions about what makes a good scientist. Physics would be infinitely richer if the demographic of physicists was much more varied and diverse than it currently is. She told the Hindu, science is remarkably diverse and so should scientists be. We need different types of people doing science. There's a long way to go before we have that amount of diversity. Only about 20% of U.S. undergraduate and graduate students in physics are women, according to the U.S. National Science Foundation. 8% of U.S. universities with Ph.D.-granting departments don't have women on the physics faculty at all, and at the rest of these schools, only an average of 11% of the professors are women. Even in the high school level, women face discrimination, especially in the STEM field. Personally, when I studied with guys, I was always considered the inferior of the group, and trust me, I wasn't. There's this guy I knew, he would always re-explain exactly what I said back to me. Like, for example, Catherine, describe sine. So sine is opposite over hypotenuse, and you can use it to find um, the sides or angles in right triangles. You can use sine to find the sides or angles in a right triangle, and it's opposite over hypotenuse. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, that's really frustrating. For me, I haven't really experienced much negative stigma when it comes to academics, because I think the stereotype of Asians being smart really permeates the classroom. This usually means that my peers don't question my academic abilities, but I'm sure as I pursue a higher education, the stigma will become more and more concrete, and I'll start to experience them. Um, I feel like I would advise those who feel discouraged due to these negative messages to remember that intelligence is fluid and you can do whatever you set your mind to if you put in the effort. 
I also haven't had many experiences where guys belittled me. However, when I am in a class and realize that there are a lot of other guys, I feel the need to work even harder and show that I can do just as much as them and that they aren't any smarter. I push myself and get into a position where they know I am just as good and that they can't treat me with anything but respect. Once I was explaining something in my math class because there was a math problem that I figured out that almost no one else had figured out, and I heard from the back of the classroom, "Oh, she's so cute, while I was explaining something to them, which was probably a combination of me being a girl and me being a freshman, but to be honest, it was really frustrating. Science is very male-dominated, Dr. Sebastian has said, but gender is just one issue. It's very homogenous, and there's a large element of self-selection. People identifying with what they see good scientists being, very intense, narrowly focused, and quite aggressively competitive. She believes that people have this impression that the science you do is removed from the person you are. It's almost like people are swappable. But the way different people do physics is completely different. I chose to do extremely exploratory physics, where I deliberately chose problems where I don't know what the answer is going to be. She tells scientists not science that... I think the more confident and comfortable and free young people are to be themselves, to do physics in the way that they enjoy doing it, I think that will both make them a better physicist and a physicist who's in love with what they do. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy learning a lot through teacher Sebastian and her fascinating work. Stay tuned for some radical math puns. There's a fine line between a numerator and a denominator. Only a fraction of you will find that funny. I am reading a book on anti-gravity. It's hard to put down. Don't be mean. Be median or mode. I used to hate math, but then I realized decimals have a point. Y equals mx plus b is my favorite one-liner. You know, math is the only subject that counts. I'll do calc, I'll do trig, and I'll even do statistics but graphing is where I draw the line. <laughs> what do baby parabolas drink? Quadratic formula. <laughs> Math class is full of drama. There are so many problems to work out. Dear Algebra, please stop asking us to find your ex. She left you and we don't know why. Roast. Girl, <laughs> girl, are you 90 degrees? Because you're looking right. Well, I hope all these puns add up. Thanks for listening. are smart. Every equation you do is a form of art. It's time to get together. Buy a rocket, build a house, and control the weather with math. 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 Yes. Who here likes math who's not a man? You could be a female mathematician.